0: Thanks for taking the time to listen to these recordings of our Sunday morning sermons. The Door Church is one church in two locations on mission to see lives restored with the gospel for God's glory, and we'd love to have you join us. For more information about our gatherings in Louisville and Argyle, visit us at thedoorchurch.net. Now, let's worship God by opening His Word. Good morning, church family. If you're new here, my name is Scott Brooks, I'm the lead pastor. On the preaching team, super grateful to be here with you on this Labor Day weekend, and we are continuing in our series uh, in Genesis, and uh, the the kind of tagline, the last one is, is uh, where are you? And that comes out of Genesis 3, and so if you're reading it, it's really creative, um, just intro uh, to, to the preaching, and uh, it's, where are you? Where are you going? Basically, what am I here for? Those are great questions. Uh, we want you to think. Actually, God gave you a brain to think and to challenge what you think, why you believe what you believe, uh, because we want the Word of God to inform what we believe, uh, and that will actually change our view of God. Uh, One, we hope to worship Him in spirit and truth, and two, it will change your life. It will change how you live. And so we want you to think, I think some people think Christianity is about, oh, they tell you to kind of check your mind at the door, just a leap of faith, and there is faith. Everyone has faith in anything they're doing but we want to have an informed faith. And so we want to challenge uh, what's going on in your life. Cause I think most of us are just kind of going through life on cruise control. And this is an interrupter to say, what, what are you doing? Why are you there? What, you know, where are you? So I love Genesis. It, it really uh, challenges us, um, it, just our worldview. So um, if you have your Bible, Genesis chapter one, I'm gonna read one through 26, quite, quite, a, quite a bit of text here this morning. Uh, Genesis 1, 1 through 26. I'm going to read it. It says this, The creation of the world. In In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which its uh, which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to, to their own kinds and trees being fruit, uh, which is, uh, or trees bearing fruit, and which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let the, uh, there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for the seasons and for the days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two light, uh, two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God said, or God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light to the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of heavens. Livestock, creeping things, and beasts above the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kinds. And God saw that it was good. Verse 26 Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That's the word of God. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would just open our eyes to the beauty of what's taught here. God, that you create, and you call it good. Help us experience you as the great and good and loving creator that you are. Help us worship you in spirit and truth as we really behold Jesus. We ask that in his name. Amen. Uh, So, quite a bit of text there. Uh, The sermon title this morning is, God Saw That It Was Good. God saw that it was good. And so if you know your Bible, Genesis is you know, the, the, the very beginning. It's a book of the beginning. So it's telling us how creation started. Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 actually mirror each other. Uh, so if you read Genesis 1, you kind of read the creation account, they read Genesis 2, it's the similar account. Like what's, what, why, why twice? And um, it, Genesis 1, uh, if you notice, it's more panoramic or big picture uh, view. And so you're kind of a zoomed out picture of how God created. Uh, verses in Genesis 2 kind of zooms in And gives a more detailed account. Uh, What's interesting is Genesis 1 is very poetic in nature, almost psalms-like, almost a song-like account of creation. We actually see this as Moses crosses the Red Sea. Uh, In Exodus 14, it's a very detailed account of what happened. So the Red Sea splits, and they give this account of how that happens, and God was involved. In Exodus 15, it recaps the same thing that happened with a song. And so you have this similarity going on here. One is... Uh, more song-like, and one's more historical in nature. And I'm not saying just as one is not historical in nature. There's a a poetic theme that can be seen here. Uh, There's almost a a rhythm and a rhyme and repetition that points to almost a song nature. And so uh, I'm gonna really talk on three different levels or three different points this morning. God sings creation to existence. I don't know that for a fact, so just know that. I don't know if God sang creation to existence, but it seems that he could have. Uh, There's many points here, one that's repetitious, two at song-like. Furthermore, as God made Eve for Adam, you know what the first thing he did was? He sang. And so we have this singing experience that we see in, 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 in Psalms. But God sings creation into existence. Creation sings his existence. And by God's grace, I hope that you will see that God sings over you. He sings over you in a very particular way that you can join in praising his name. All right, so what we have here is God sings creation to existence, conjecture, but the idea is certainly there's repetition here going on. Very poetic uh, in nature. What we see is God, God, not always it's God, he created and it was good. It's God, and this is who, who's the author of all things, the creator of all things, God, then he created, and then you see this blessing, it's good, and then there was evening and there was morning, you see this repetition over and over, this rhythm, this rhyme, this beauty and I do believe it speaks of how God created, that God he created and it was good. You see this, he creates light, vegetation, animals, stars, humanity, God created and he said it was good. Uh, good is a benediction, it's a praise uh, of what he had made. And honestly, we need to hear that most clearly this morning about us, that he, he sings over us in a very particular way. So just looking at Genesis 1 before, I don't wanna get into the trees. What I mean by that, like analyze What's interesting here, I mean, I could give you lots of fun facts. If you were listening, there was light before there was a the sun and a moon. You're like, well, how'd that happen? Well, God is light. And so I'm not gonna get into all that, but there's a lot of cool things as we get into actual the text. But the, uh, what's very clear here is there that God, he created and it was good. So here's a few things that we can learn about creation as we know that God, he created and it was good is that we can reject a few views of worldviews that we see play out probably, uh, certainly in the world, but you probably struggle with your own heart and you don't even know it. Um, we, most Christians have been thought of, Christianity as a very stoic in nature, like almost an asceticism, like that's, that's the way to live. You think monk, like we got to separate from the world because the world is bad. Uh, this rejects that worldview. Why? Because God who created it, he did. And what did he say? It was good. Asceticism says, we got to avoid the world. Uh, the things in the world are bad. Only spiritual is good. And so I think a lot of us think a lot of our body's bad, the spirit's good. This says, no, creation is good. Creation's very good. And who made it? God created it. So we are going to reject this idea that, that the creation that God made is, is bad. Now, it's certainly in a fallen state, which we'll get into in, uh, in Genesis 3, but in God's design, he created, and it was, it says, what good? So we're not going to reject creation because God doesn't, he created it. Uh, secondly, is it rejects an idea of a, uh, hedonism. Hedonism is that, that creation is all there is. There is no God. It would say God and he created and it was good. Hedonism is, is like eat, drink and be merry because all there is is this world. So it's like, man, you better have fun right now because it's going away. So it's like this overindulgence that we see uh, from a lot of people and how they live in the world. It's like, if I don't get it, I'll never get it. And so we just pursue this world or creation as if there's this divine life in it, that we're trying to get something in creation that only God will satisfy. We look uh, to the gifts of God instead of God for this um, th- this life. And so this um, probably plays out in your own life, overindulgence, trying to find life in God's creation, making too much of God's good gifts. We're going to reject that. There is not life in God's creation. Those are good gifts from God that point to a creator, but we're gonna reject, man, all this is the world. We better drink deeply of it because that's all there is. Now, what's interesting, if we look at God created and it was good, if you know your Bible, you probably even know your Bible. If you're aware of Christianity, you probably heard of Philippians 4.13. It'll be up on the screen. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Show of hands, have seen that? That Yeah, we've seen we, We've seen that a lot. I actually had that written on my baseball cap underneath uh, when I played baseball and I kind of rub it thinking that was going to give me a home run for extra strength and it didn't ever work very well. Every once in a while, uh, you know, a lightning would strike. Or if you watch Tim Tebow, uh, he, he had that on his under his eyes, special strength. That's actually not what that's about. And I'm actually a fan of Tim Tebow, so I'm not like taking a shot at him. He just, not, it's not the context. The context of Philippians 4.13 is, of course, 4.12 and Paul is writing in Philippians, I can have a lot or I can have a little and I can be content because my life is not found in the world or my circumstances found in the, in the Lord. I can have abundance or I can be found in need. God gives me that strength. It's super interesting. And this testifies to the creation account that as Christians, as we accept the biblical worldview, we should enjoy God's creation. Why? He created it and it was good. This means you should enjoy good food. Why? Because it's good gifts from God. This means that that you can that you can play in God's creation. Uh, we'll get to that. It says Sabbath he rests and enjoys his creation. Like so, we don't reject it. We're going to receive it as a good gift from our Creator, and we should praise His name. Like you should you should enjoy relationships. You should you you should if God wills it enjoy vacations. Like, I think so many times, like, we believe the Stoics, like, no, we can't have anything. God doesn't want me to have anything. That, we have to reject that. Why? Because it's not biblical. We should enjoy God's good gifts and, and praise his name for the gifts that he gives. Now, I can tell you my heart as I want to spoil my kids. On record, you, you can take that for what it is. And I believe to some extent, I actually, I don't think so. I, I think God wants to spoil us. What he doesn't want is us to act spoiled like he doesn't want us to have this entitlement or lack of gratitude or i deserve this we don't deserve anything but god is a good loving father that loves to bless in this life and the next and so we should be filled with deep joy and gratitude in the things that god gives us how do i know that the scripture says that he god he created and it was good and it was meant to be enjoyed for his his glory testified to who he is Colossians says these things in creation are shadows to the substance. It's meant to really stir up our hearts to look beyond the thing that we're enjoying to the one who made it. That's where worship is complete. Uh, if you know your scripture, in, in in John 21, Jesus had defeated sin, Satan, and death. He had been uh, crucified and raised from the grave, and now he's uh, resurrected, spending time with the disciples before he ascends. You know what he does in John 21 for his disciples? He has a fish fry. That's super interesting. Why? He is actually saying, my creation's good. Who doesn't love a good meal? Jesus is cooking. And I would imagine that's the best fish fry you could ever experience. He continually goes out of his way to say, man, creation is good. As he created it, in, he is in the business of redeeming creation um, uh, through the work of his son. As well, just to, to affirm this point, what's the first miracle that Jesus, uh, that Jesus um, did? If you know your Bible again, the first miracle was turning water into wine at a party. So Jesus was at a party. He was hanging out with relationships. The party was going south. The wine was running out and he made new wine, pointing to ultimately that Jesus is going to be the Lord of the feast. And he's again saying, "Amen. I am for my creation. We do not reject creation. Now, at the same time, creation can't be your God. It won't, it won't give you the life that you're looking for. Only God can. Now, Philippians 4.13 says, I can have abundance where I can be in need, and this is where we're at, is that sometimes, you know, and Job says, the Lord, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord, is sometimes God's gonna take everything away and we should still bless his name. Like, you don't need it. How amazing this as a Christ follower, as a, as, as a person that understands the Bible, like, I can have everything and I can praise God's name and he can take everything away and I'm still content. Why? Because my contentment is not found in my circumstance, but in God. He may come to you like he did the rich young ruler. He's like, I want you to sell everything and follow me. And the rich young ruler went away, what? Very sad because he's unwilling to do it because he's looking for his wealth, not in God, but in his stuff. See, life is found in God, not his uh, creation. It's all pointers. So we can have a little or have a lot and we can be secure. Why? Because we are his. Now, no one likes to hear the last part. But the truth is, I believe even if God takes away, he's always doing something better for you. And this is not prosperity gospel. I don't know how that's gonna play out. And I'm not saying you're gonna have 10 mansions if you lose your one mansion, that's, that's false. But what I am saying, we have a good loving father, if you're in Christ, that's always doing good for you. So if he takes away, he's always setting something better in this life or the next. This is why Paul says, the li- live is Christ, die is gain. How is that possible? Live is Christ, I'm gonna praise his name. To die is I get to go be with him. It says in Scripture that all God's promises finally are yes in Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? It says it says in Scripture. I don't know if you know this. That you're going to inherit the earth. If you're in Christ, you're going to inherit the earth. Now, so we we're like battling over this little like little mountain houses or lake houses. Like if you're in Christ, you're going to get the earth. Like that's that you like it's okay if you lose a little bit right now because you know how this thing ends. Um, man, ultimately God's always doing something better. So. God created, it was good. We can have this idea that we can enjoy creation and praise his name, or we can not have a lack of it. And we can praise his name. So the chief end of man, it says in the Westminster, Westminster Catechism, is to glorify God. How do we glorify God? By enjoying him. We enjoy him, whatever he gives. We're going to enjoy who God is. And this is how we bring him glory. So this is all just really uh, Genesis one twenty five is God and he created and it was good. And He made it what? Who, who do he make it for? Verse 26 tells us he's doing all this for the pinnacle of his creation, which is humanity, which he makes us in his what? Image and likeness. That's what it says in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over uh, the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So next week, we're gonna go over kind of the cultural mandate and our purpose as mankind. That's not what we're gonna go over this week. But 26, it says, we're made in his image and likeness. Now, this is super important. This comes out of creation account. Where did man come from? It came from God. And he made us what? With his image and likeness. This means that every person you ever meet, their, their, uh, their worth and their value, their identity is not achieved. You don't achieve it. Well, it's received from God. So we all have dignity, value, respect. It doesn't matter your race, your culture, gender, age. Why? God gave it to you. But uh, God gave it to mankind, so we, we, we value all people. This comes from what the text. Um, what's also interesting, we're made to image him. Whether we're believers or not, which hopefully by the end, as you hear of Christ, you will become a believer. Even that people that aren't, they're made in the image and likeness of God, and they have value. And we should respect them, we should love them. Uh, furthermore, we are meant to image him, and everyone does to some degree, either for, them, for themselves, which is self glorification, or for God. But everyone has creativity, everyone loves, even the staunch atheist is creative. Why? Because they're made by God. And they love, and that, they can't explain why, but it's because they've been made by a loving God. That means you can learn from anyone, that you should respect all people, no matter their background, their race, their thought process, and actually you can learn from them. Why? Because they're made in, a, in the image of a created, creating, loving God. This is what the scripture te- teaches us. Furthermore, um, what this teaches is that God. There, was, in the beginning, like there was God. There wasn't creation, but He did create. So that means not everything that you see is God. There is a confusion that God is distinct from His creation. He made it, and it's good. But we don't. We're not pantheists, or you know, where we believe that God is in everything. Like creation is God. We reject that. These are God created it, and this is this is um, this is helpful because. Uh, sin into the world, and there's, and there's fracturedness, there's uh, brokenness, we'll get more into that in Genesis 3, there's evil, and we're not gonna call that good because it's not good. And so when death comes, like that's well, it's all part of God's creation, we're gonna reject that because God did not design that. The, wa- the reason why we uh, die is because we rebelled against the author of life. Furthermore, um, w- w- this is why we're like, oh, you know what, you can, you can like this person, not like this person, you don't have to have respect if they're bad peoples, and you know, we respect every, everyone why? Because they're made in the image and likeness of God. So re- we're gonna reject any type of prejudice or racist tendency, why? Well, because it's not of God. Uh, furthermore, if you, if you are a pantheist, you gotta be like, well, you know, uh, if God is in everything, God's in cancer. No, it's not, that's not part of the fall. It's wicked, it's evil. Uh, and so as we look to who God is and how he created, we should image, his, image him in justice. And what, what I mean by that is we should love all people. We should stand for human rights. We said for dignity. We should uh, help the poor. We should be a blessing to other people. Uh, why? Because that's how God made us. Like we should not just be like, oh, it's all, it's all God. No, we stand for God and, we, and we, we love people as he has shown us in scripture. Now, here's the deal. This is, this is how God s- sings this creative, this beautiful world into existence. His creation is good. We're meant to enjoy it, to glorify him, have a little or a lot. It's all for his name. Uh, we should know our, our, our value because it's given to us. It's not achieved, it's received. People of justice. Now, is this the world that you experience? What I just read? I would say probably not. Uh, you're not experiencing this world and, and, and how God made it. There's probably a lot of us that, that struggle with our design, that we don't find a lot of joy. We don't find a lot of contentment. We struggle loving people well. We don't stand for justice. It's, it's like uh, we can't get in the, the song of praise. Uh, I don't dance well or sing well. It's like, I don't know how to get in. I think a lot of us feel that in our life. I don't know how to get in to this creation that God sung into existence. Now I'm gonna tell you something. The creation, not humanity struggles. We'll get to that because of sin, but creation doesn't struggle to join in praising his name. They, 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 they praise his name in almost everything they do. If, if anyone's been paying attention to the moon lately, it's incredible. It's, it's gigantic, and there's seasons, and I know it's going to happen for so many years. But even my kids, like, look at the moon. It's, it's testifying to the glory of God. If you have eyes and they're open, you're saying, that's incredible. Uh, furthermore, if you look at a sunrise or a sunset, it's, it's testifying there's a creator who made it. It's showing his beauty. That's why we love mountains. That's why we love rivers. That's why we love and look at his creation. If you love flowers and gardening, there's this rhythm, this rhyme, this beauty. It's testifying to the glory of God. His creation is screaming it. Uh, I just got back from fishing uh, at the Hood Canal. What's so interesting, King Salmon, I, don't, I mean, it just testifies to the glory of God. They, they swim out to the ocean and pretty far from where you're fishing at. And then somehow a year later, they get back there. God made them with a GPS system. Like how in the world did they get back there? Not only do they get back after swimming away so they can have have more babies there, but they're swimming at the right depths. There's just like this thermal like temperature that they have to get in to actually, you know, stay alive. And somehow they know all that. Why? They're just testifying to the glory of God. One theologian says a clam understands their designs better than humanity, a clam. And so I'm gonna show you with that a clip that actually stirred my heart (laughs) to praise the Lord this week. A oh, clam. All right, play it again. That's a clam. Just testifying to the glory of God. Find his place in creation. The clam knows what it's here for, but we struggle. We don't know how to get in that rhythm and that dance to praise our creator. And you're like, Scott, you're losing it. I'm not. Psalm 19 says this. Listen to what it says. The heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Listen to what it says. Every day, day to day, every day we're living, it, it's talking to us. It pours out speech and night to night it reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun. What is the psalmist saying? The creation is singing his name. The question, are we? And I'm telling you, apart from Christ and the spirit of God, we have, we have trouble joining in to our design. Because why? We don't live for God, we live for ourselves, and we don't trust the good loving creator's father. I and mean, we have a great deal of distrust, which is our sin nature. The reason why that is Romans 1, verse 19 through 25, I'll read it, it talks about creation, how we, we know it, but we don't know him. It says, for what can be known about God is plain to them. Like we know, like everything I just said, like we see and it's true that God created all things, it testifies them, but uh, because God has shown it to them, it's seen everywhere. For his invisible attributes, namely his, his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Like we know without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor him. They didn't praise him or give thanks to, uh, to him. But what they do? They became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Because why? They, did, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped. Listen what they worshipped. They worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. The reason why we don't join is we look We look to creation for life. We look to find life apart from God. We believe the lie that's in the garden of Adam and Eve, and it's in our hearts that God is not good, that he is not loving, that he is holding out on us, that we'd be better gods than he would, that there is life in creation that will satisfy us. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And so we believe this on some degree, that we believe that Something in this world will satisfy us besides God and that is a lie. I'm gonna I'm ask a question and you fill in the blank. I believe my life would be you know, perfect or, or satisfying if I had blank. What is that blank? Is it money? Is it a second house? Is it your health? Another kid? What is it? That's a lie. There's nothing that will satisfy in creation. Only the creator can. Only God can. See, we have to see the truth of God's love particularly in in the person and work of Jesus Christ, that we can join in singing our creator again, that we can give thanks as we enjoy his good gifts. We should enjoy his good gifts, but we should praise his name. See, the only way we get there is to understand this, and this is the heart of Christianity that a lot of us don't, we just don't understand, that God loves sinners. He sings over sinners. Most of us think God sings over the good people. That's a lie. There's no good people. God sings over sinners and he makes them sons. If you hear the Father's blessing over you, as a sinner, it makes you a son and daughter. I want you to hear this. In John three sixteen. listen to the commitment that God has for his creation. Again, just to testify, man, he loves his creation. For God so what? Loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. One, in Christ, not only does he want to make sinner's son that we would have eternal life, but furthermore, he's what? In the process of redeeming the world. A lot of us think God's going to get rid of the world. No, he's in the process of redeeming the world. Furthermore, he's so committed to humanity, although we are sinners. Listen to John 1, 1 through 3, which we went through a little bit last week. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And the word, what? And the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know how much God is committed to you? He put on flesh and blood to be near us. God, if you ever think about Christmas, the incarnation, God became man and dwelt among us, full in grace and truth. You know how committed that is? That's, that's fully committed to you. Me and you as sinners, God became man and dwelt among us. And as he, he did, the second person of the Trinity taking on flesh and blood, listen to what it says in Matthew three seventeen, And this is at his baptism. Behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. This is the blessing from the father on the son. This is so interesting. Just so you know, this is before Jesus had gone to the cross. So Jesus hadn't done anything to save humanity. He just has come in an incarnation. What did he say? Man, I'm pleased with him and I, and I love him. Man, he's always had the blessing of the father. It wasn't achieved blessing, man. He, that's the relationship he's always had. And at the cross of Christ, as Jesus took our judgment as sinners, he took our place as sinners, on the cross, you know what he said? He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, what's interesting, God, Jesus had the blessing of God, but he took on the curse of sinners. On the cross of Christ, he took this, this malediction so we can get the benediction. You know that's what we're looking for? We're looking for the a uh, father to sing praise over us. You know that's why you do everything in your life? You're actually looking for approval? If you got to bull down everything you're doing, whether it's work or parenting or your kids doing whatever you think they need to do, Really, you're just looking for someone to like, well done, well done, I'm pleased with you. And here's the deal that will never satisfy. But the cross of Christ, God the Father looks at you because of his sons is well done, good and faithful servant. Why? Because he gives you the blessing of the Father, the love of the Father that can never be taken away. And when you have that, I mean, you'll start joining in the praise of God. You'll stop living for the creation. You'll start living for the creator. Why? Because you have the blessing of the Father on you that comes through the cross of Christ. We live in this blessing. In in the cross of Christ, God sings over you. He says, you are forgiven, you are mine, you are loved, you're secure, you're provided for, you're my son and you're my daughter and I'm well pleased. And we do not deserve that blessing that comes for us in Jesus Christ. And now we can live, if you're in Christ, if you believe that, by faith, you will not live, like I said, for creation, live for the creator, and you'll start to sing his praise. You can have a little or a lot. Why? Because you know God is for you, not against you. Number 624, it talks about this blessing that is ours in Christ. The Lord has blessed us and will keep us. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. The Lord has made his face shine upon us and, and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and he gives you peace. As you look to the cross of Christ, you should see that you're beloved son and daughter. And as you enter in and believe that, and receive that, you know what happens? The spirit of God comes in and testifies to your heart that he's Abba, your dad, your father. You have a good loving father who's for you. And then you can trust him, you can follow him, you can worship him in spirit and truth. See, that only comes, that only comes into your heart if you see that he sings over a sinner sinners like you and me. And he gives grace to us to be sons and daughters by Christ and Christ alone. Let's pray. God, I pray that you'd help us respond by faith, that we'd see the love that is poured out on on sinners at the cross of Christ, that we have the blessing of a father, the approval of a father, that we can never be achieved, but only received through Jesus. Help us receive that blessing this morning. Stand under that grace that's been given to us, that we'd have that approval so we could live for you and not for this world and that we could be pointers of grace. The chief end of man is to glorify you by enjoying you forever. Help us enjoy your love forever and ever by your spirit. ask that in Jesus' name, amen.